Welcome to another episode. My partner and I, Elliot Anderson. Well, I guess we're here talking to some of the guys, E. We are talking to some <clears throat> of our SWAT team members today. Oh, yeah. Want to introduce ourselves to them? Yes. All right. I'll go first. My name is Officer Eric Edwards. So been with the police department about 10 years now this month and uh, native of Chesterfield. All right. So. All right. Sarge? Um, Nick Rocky, sergeant. Um, been with the department about 15 years now. Currently assigned to personnel. So if we, if we were talking about, again, we want to talk about the topic is going to be about the SWAT team. Uh, just give us a little bit to how did you get to this position. So I'll just start with you. Okay. Um, well, I kind of started late in my career. Um, I'm 39 right now. I actually tried out when I was 31, so I was um, late to the start. Usually a lot of the guys are, are in their mid-20s when they're trying out. Um, tried out when I was 31, made the list, um, got pulled off the list when I was uh, right before it expired, so I was 32 when I, when I made the team. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I've always wanted to do um, during my career, and finally went after it. Okay, now about your 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 journey. You started with Richmond Police Department first. Yes, that's correct. Um, started off uh, my policing career in Richmond City. Was there just under four years. Um, took advantage of our uh, uh, pre-certified lateral program. Came over as a uh, lateral uh, officer. Um, went back to patrol, um, and. Uh, after patrol, went to investigations. I was in CID um, persons unit um, for about five years. Um, then got promoted, um, and it was right about when I put in for investigations. I also put in for the, for the SWAT team. Okay, good, good. Eric, how about you? All right, so me, I uh, I actually applied to the police department while I was on a deployment. I was in the reserves in the Marine Corps, and um, came to the department. I was 21. I graduated at 22 years old. Uh, did some time in patrol. Uh, then I put in, and I was actually uh, selected to go to our community policing division, uh, where I actually worked with Elliot for a while. That's right. And um, <laughs> so another year or so after that, I uh, tried out for the SWAT team. So I've been on the SWAT team about six years now. So it would have been, you know, 26 when I uh, tried out for the SWAT team. It just kind of was something that ended up filling the void for that uh, missing place in the Marine Corps when I got out. Um, kind of got that same kind of camaraderie and uh, the training and things like that. So <clears throat> it was something I had wanted to do for a while. And uh, I had about four years in when I finally decided to try out. Okay, good. And uh, we, we, when we do our job fairs and we go and talk to students in colleges and, and, uh, and in the military, when we go to military bases, the one thing they talk about is how can I become a SWAT member? And um, so in getting into that, uh, knowing some of the background that you have, th is there a time frame that you can apply to be on that team? Yes, it's uh, similar to any other process where you have to have at least two years of experience upon the completion of uh, your field training. Um, you put in uh, for a three-day assessment. Um, during the three days, um, you're tested and evaluated. Um, if you do well during the assessment process, um, you'll get invited to take a panel interview. Um, and if you successfully complete the panel interview, um, you get ranked on a list, just like any other process. And as positions open up, you get pulled off that list. Okay. Now, part of that three-day process involves what? Because three days is a lot for one secondary <laughs> Exactly. Position. Yeah, so. And, and we get a lot of questions, like Darrell said, when we're recruiting, because we have people who feel like they would be successful. Mm -hmm. But what's the actual process? Is it physical, mental? Is it, what is it? it? It's a combination of, of all that. Um, obviously, you need to be um, in shape coming into the assessments. Um, it is physically demanding, um, but it's nothing new that um, we would expect you to know 
Um, so everything that you learn in the basic academy as far as tactics, room clearing, and so forth, um, that's what you're bringing to the table for the assessments. And it's just very basic stuff. Um, but also being able to um, work in a, a group environment, team environment, because that's, that's what we do. We're a team. Um, but being able to demonstrate that, um, demonstrate your leadership, but also at the same time being able to transition from a leader to a follower and vice versa. Wow, okay. And why is that? important yeah. i mean if i'm a leader well, i'm a leader yeah the way we not the case with the SWAT team? the way we look at this is um at any point during some sort of operation or if a officer's out on the road i i'm not a sergeant so sergeant rocky over here he's uh he's one of the team leaders within the SWAT team of our specialized units but he might not be there um, during the actual incident. So mm -hmm. I'm out working in community policing or another SWAT officer that works in patrol or something like that. They might be the subject matter expert on the task at hand, and they might not have that leadership there to help them out. So they're the ones that are looked to by patrol. Uh, even some of the patrol supervision is looking to our guys for uh, guidance on what to, what to do um, proceeding forward. So, so you got – go ahead, Ed. Well, I guess so that means – that SWAT team members, like negotiation members, have to be versatile right. and willing to follow those people they've trained with. Very much so. Yes. Okay. I wanted to go back to the, the physical part. Absolutely. Uh, and I feel that, I, I mean, being a old athlete, that I can mm -hmm. run, I can, you know, do other things, but there's more to just being a runner. Yes. Um, if you look at our team, um, uh, we have a, a very diverse group. Um, we got one female as well, um, but not all of us are built the same. We all bring something different to the table. Um, if you look at Eric and I, we're not we're not runners. Uh, <laughs> we're lifters. Okay. Um, so if you got something heavy needing to move, sure. um, we're our guys. Okay. But we got guys on the team that are uh, smaller frame, skinnier, mm -hmm. but um, they can they can run. They can run for days. So what are some of the skill sets you need? Um, I mean, I'm not a good firearm shooter or or. Or, you know, I can negotiate, I can talk, but, I mean, I know you partnership with negotiation team and with the SWAT team, they, they partnership a lot. But do you do you know, need to know how to shoot? Uh, for the SWAT team, yes. So our team <laughs> standard um, is 90% with the, the pistol. Um, so uh, uh, your yearly qualifications, it's the same qual qualifications course, but uh, we have a higher standard than the normal department standards. Um, ours is a 90%. Okay, because you all do competition, I, I, I take it, with other – other teams? Yeah, so Other um, agencies. usually before the pandemic occurred, we would try to go out and uh, we've been tra traveling to go to some different SWAT-specific competitions, and it's sort of a way to gauge um, our skill set versus what other departments are doing. Um, so in the past uh, three years, uh, I think 2018 and 2019, there's a large SWAT uh, competition in Connecticut where they host uh, teams from all over the country um, and even some international teams and um, I think the first year we went there they had 37 teams or something like that and um, the first year we went up there and keep in mind a lot of these teams are full-time elements where all that they do is SWAT operations on a day-to-day -day basis unlike how we train um, and we placed the first year ninth out of uh, 37 teams, oh, that's so that's which is, we were pretty happy with. Um, obviously, we want to be number one right. at all times, but um, you know there was a lot of things there that we hadn't seen before, some different challenges. So working together as a team uh, when we don't get to work together on a day-to-day -day basis necessarily. So it's just a good way for us to test our skill set, right. uh, see areas we need to improve, talk to other teams, um, what types of tactics they're using, 
looking at different equipment. It's just a good way for us to uh, gather information about ourselves as well as what's going on across the country. So to become a member of the team, you have to work your two years, have two years of good evaluations, pass an enhanced firearms qualification, uh, an enhanced physical fitness testing, a panel interview, and then you may make it on team if there's a vacancy. Correct. Correct. So how, so how often is there a vacancy? Is, is there a time frame that you can stay on, on the team? Uh, no time frame. Okay. Um, okay. It's just whenever uh, uh, we call them SWAT operators, um, whenever they feel it's time, they're time to go. So if I'm a, if I'm a captain, can I be on the SWAT team? Uh, no. The way we're structured right now is um, we have one lieutenant who's our SWAT commander, okay. um, and we've got, uh, I think, about five sergeants right now. Mm -hmm. um, um, we, we used to have a rule where if you got promoted, you would actually have to uh, uh, step down from the team. And that's actually how I got my spot. Um, one of the guys on the team got promoted, and they had to step down. And then that's when I got um, the opportunity to, to be a member on the team. Um, and then they got rid of that rule um, when I got promoted. Okay. So I'm very fortunate. Well, they must have been mighty impressed to get you on the team. <laughs> <laughs> they decided so, to change so, that rule. No, no, it, was just, it just happened that way. <laughs> so to, to kind of touch on that um, – as far as being on the team and when you would come off or there's vacancies or things like that, uh, probably something that uh, gets overlooked maybe even by the general public or other, even people in the department. Um, you cannot replace somebody's experience, right? right? I mean, you get a guy that's been on the team, um, like our team commander, uh, Lieutenant McGregor, he's been on the team I think 17 years. And, um, you know, if he were just to pop smoke and uh, decide to retire – we don't have the ability to replace that right, experience. Right. So um, <clears throat> one of the things with uh, promoting people off due to – or like having people retire due to promotion or get dropped from the team because of that, we started to realize that we were losing a ton of experience, and uh, that could be very detrimental uh, to the team. So um, even though as we progress in age, you know, Sergeant Rocky, he's – Probably getting close to, to forty now, and um, Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm 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 now thirty two, almost thirty three, and clearly we're not a, as quick uh, or strong maybe as we right. were when we were younger. But we bring that knowledge to the table um, and experience that brand new people just don't have. I, I just so. uh, and going back to that, not only the knowledge but the training. I know you all do it. I remember, again, you being our sergeant, and we were like, well, where's our sergeant at today? Where? He's training week after week after week. So when you put that training in, is it you're going to different areas of our, of our, of our county, going to different building training? What are you doing in training? Um, it, it depends on um, the month. The way we structure it is um, we have um, um, the team. Obviously, we have a 26-man team, and that's divided into two squads. And each month, um, we'll have a squad training, which is the, the smaller the smaller group, smaller element training. Um, and then we have a, a team day where the whole team comes together and train. Um, and then we also have uh, specialties within the the, the team with, uh, as far as like precision marksmen, breachers, um, grenadiers, um, that they have their own additional training days. Okay. Um, but uh, each training day, there's a, a, a topic, a theme, like, uh, like one day we might do, uh, or one month, I should say, uh, building clearing. And um, that's all we'll do for that entire day is just clear rooms in a, in a building. Um, we look for um, different uh, training locations because, um, once again, if you use the same location over and over and over again, um, it just gets so repetitive. And you know, we already 
uh, know what that structure looks like. So it's no longer a challenge for us. So we're always constantly looking for uh, uh, new buildings, new structures, uh, new environments to, to train in. So has, has training changed since, you know, in the last year with some of the summer activities that took place? Not asking you to give where you had to go and what you had to do, but do you see your training changing now because of some of the march, some of the protesting that took place in the, um, uh, in the summertime, or were you already prepared for that? Uh, I would say it may have changed a bit. So um, for anybody that's not familiar, we also have another unit in the department called the Special Response Unit um, that kind of deals specifically with the uh, protesting type stuff that get out of hand turning more into a riot situation. Um, and we kind of started to integrate with them a little more to help them out uh, when they're uh, having to respond to situations like that. Um, so I would say maybe that going forward in the future, we'll be training more with them, um, learning their operations, um, and then what we can do to basically help them uh, during those situations. Now, one of the things with your training is I'm fully aware that you train two to three days a month, plus some specialized training and week-long trainings. Um, but I'm also aware that you train regardless of the weather conditions. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. So it's rain, it's snow, it's cold, it's windy, it's hot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. When, you, when you do all those things. I know Sergeant Rocky just said about training in different locations. Is there a way that the public can reach out to maybe Lieutenant McGregor to say, hey, we have a building, we have a mm. commercial development? Or That's good. Or something under construction or something about to be destroyed. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Elliot. Uh, so for us, like Sergeant Rocky was saying, it's always a challenge to find actual locations to train at. Um, we have a couple buildings that are like county-owned, like old schools and things like that that we've trained in. But as he said, we've hit those, gone through them, you know, probably 100 times. So at that point we can kind of know exactly what we're doing before we go in and it's nice to have different venues uh so if anybody out there listening yeah. knows of uh you know maybe a house that's going through a renovation or something like that um you know commercial buildings going through renovations or getting ready to get torn down or something like that uh if they want to reach out to us and let us know that'd be great um you know get in there let our guys get some training on some unknown uh, structures and uh, it's going to benefit the public, you know, um, in, in the case of uh, an incident where we have to respond. Right. Um, I mean, and it's, it's both, only, both urban and rural. There right. may be a barn. Very much so. It could so. be something like Old Southside Speedway or mm -hmm. any, yes. any number yeah. of options. Mm -hmm. We're willing to work with the public on that. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, I don't think a lot of people realize Chesterfield's got uh, a very diverse, uh, you know, area as right. far as we have some rural farmland we even have a small airport here we have a lot of uh commercial buildings with shops and things like that a lot of schools um See, we have I, a ton of schools i, I so. think ellie was talking about gooseling or powhatan going to a barn because he's from that area so. well that's <laughs> yeah. so you know you mentioned that um we have gone you know through mutual aid to help other jurisdictions you know such as powhatan or things like that mm -hmm. um where we actually have had to search through uh barns and things of that nature so anything uh really we, we can be responding to any sort of area so any space like that that people would be willing to share with us would be greatly appreciated Okay. Well, let me ask you this. 
we know that you go through a lot of training. You're only training with about 24, 26 total people. So I assume you build good relationships with your uh, co-members of the team. One of the things that, you know, our chief has talked about, as well as Lieutenant Colonel Kelly, is about employee wellness. Yes. Um, being on the SWAT team and negotiations are both stressful situations, in addition to what you do as, in your regular full-time duties as an officer. How do you all deal with the stress of being on the SWAT team? Workout? Do you do sports outside of work? Counseling? I mean, do counseling? You um, well, I know for – I can't speak for the, the entire team, but for Eric and I, um, we actually work out together. We go to the gym together, and we also uh, joined a, a jiu-jitsu gym together. So we do that um, several times a week. Um, but that's just a way, a good way for us to decompress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's guys that, uh, several of the other guys on the team, um, you know, they'll meet together on the weekends and do, you know, shooting sports or things like that where they'll go out to uh, do some competitions. It helps hone their skills. Plus, it's just a good time outside of work right. for them to kind of, you know, just uh, chew the fat and, you know, talk about stuff that's going on outside of work. Right. Obviously. People on the team aren't just, uh, you know, SWAT people only. They've got kids, exactly. you know, they've got families. Um, so they like to do stuff outside of outside of work. Uh, and one of the essentials of being on the team is what you just said, family. Right. So I would assume you have to have family support to be able to do this because it's 24 hours a day. You're subject to call out, subject to you be late to events, miss events. And oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, might have been in 10 years off one or two Christmases. Oh, wow. So, uh, but, you know, the wife, she, she knew that coming in. Right. Um, but 24-7, 365, we're going to be available for call-out, you know, outside of obviously guys going on vacation and things like that. But they're going to let the supervision know so we know ahead of time right. uh, that they might not be available for call-out. Now, you did, you talked briefly about um, with other jurisdictions working with them. Now, how often is it often that you are called to assist other jurisdictions, um, either in training, training with them, or on a call? I mean, does that happen to us, you know, a lot with the smaller jurisdictions or uh, surrounding? I want to say a, a lot, but we do, we do assist um, other jurisdictions. Um, we do um, uh, joint training okay. every once in a while with other jurisdictions, um, but it's not like an everyday thing. Okay. Uh, so, okay. so, for instance, we, we had a a building that we've been using for training here in the county and um you know richmond city needed somewhere to uh to a training site so we reached out to them we have a really good relationship with them let them come out to use the training site that we oh, use too okay. um so we reach out to them especially for training um you know some of the smaller jurisdictions that surround us colonial heights powhatan's now going through a rebuild phase you know prince george places like that don't have swat teams right so if they have an incident that rises to the level that they're going to not be able to handle it with their basic patrol functions, those are the times when they call us out. So there's not really any sort of established frequency right. that, we, that we get called out. But we out do have a, a, a relationship with other localities yes, throughout, the, yes. throughout the, the area. Good. Yeah, and, you know, we, we reach out to each other and, you know, see what's going on, training, training venues, you know, equipment-wise, you know, when we hear about incidents where other teams are involved, we call up, up to those team leaders and get debriefs to figure out, you know, if we need to change our training and bounce ideas off of each other. So we have a pretty good relationship with everybody around here. I know one of the things that a lot of people perceive, at least from my experience, is that most of our members have had military experience. And I think 
and looking at our list, maybe 50% of our people have had previous military. Some have, some have not. So that's um, not a requirement. It's not a requirement. No, no, I have, I, I have no military experience. Okay. So yeah. Elliot and I, we still have a chance to get in the Oh, yeah, we'd be happy team. to have yeah. you guys come try out. <laughs> I think we, we actually can do it. I can't fool myself. <laughs> that is not an option. But, but, so what else do you want to add to people that are, are, are want to participate in being on the, uh, on the squad team? As far as participants, um, I'll speak for myself. Um, I know that we like to look for uh, people that have a good work ethic. Work ethic. Okay. We want people that – when they try out for the team, they already have a good reputation in, in their current positions, all right? Um, they need to be hard workers, handle their administrative work. You know, we don't need people that are having, having their supervisors constantly get on them because that's okay. right. We need people that, that are self-sufficient yeah. um, because we can't deal with having people – you know, out or having administrative problems, you know, causing headaches for us on the team because we have a very specific uh, task, task at hand, hand that exactly. we need to be able to focus on without having to worry about other stuff. Uh, so that's something for us. We want people that are, like you said, self-motivated and uh, mentally tough. Yep. Me mental toughness is probably the number one thing above physical fitness or any of that stuff because, like you guys mentioned, any any weather, yep. you know, temperature, um long long hours you right. know there's been times where we've been out for 19 20 hours so you know unfortunately uh, sometimes that's just the nature of the beast yeah. but we need people that have that mental toughness so above you, all. you have to love that job oh you absolutely really have to love that job sergeant you want to add anything i closing? think he touched pretty much everything on that um just being a, a really squared away individual mm -hmm. putting in for it because once again um um, your actions are a direct uh, reflection on the whole team. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Well, Elliot, again, you know, we love this. We this love guy's talking. done a great job. Yeah, an excellent job. Excellent you know, hopefully job. it gave some clarity to some of our listeners. And i also like to remind our listeners that if they're interested in supporting our team by uh, providing places or resources where they can train, exactly. they can reach out to the department on social media. Um, that is the quickest way to get, get the word to us, whether it's through our Facebook or um, any of the other social media platforms that we have, and our social media coordinator will reach out back to you and get that process started. Okay, in closing, again, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I mean, we, we look forward to having a conversation to give back to our community on things that are going on in our police department, the partnerships right. that we have throughout our county with other lo lo localities throughout the uh, metropolitan area. So thank you guys for that, man. Really appreciate it. Well, throw a little plug on there. Uh, I know if people want to learn more, uh, you know, in the past, we've been doing our Citizens Academies. So if people oh, want to yeah. learn even more in depth uh, about different uh, divisions within a department, you'll get a little bit more one-on-one -on -one with uh, members of the SWAT team and you. things like yeah. that. So Yes, that's Good a check plug. Out, that's great plug. That's right. Check excellent. out our Citizens Academy. It's a really great program, um, and we love having you guys. Oh, and that's, on, that's online as well through our Community Services Division. Yep, yep. So our partner, you want to close us out? Well, we, again, want to thank everyone for reaching out to us and supporting us on the podcast. Uh, we'd like to shout out our two employees that you never hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Chris Rizzuti and Lena Shaduli, who help us put this on and do the sound engineering and the production of it. And, again, reach out to us on social media. If you're interested in a career in policing, go to ChesterfieldPD.com, and we will get that process started. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
Thank you for listening to the Chesterfield County Police Department podcast. This episode was written by Daryl Skinner, sound engineer Chris Rizzuti. We are the Chesterfield County Police Department representing Chesterfield County, Virginia. Check us out online at chesterfieldpd.com.